So here's the key thing. With uh, external linking, Google loves external links. This is Three Marketers Walk Into a Podcast, episode 92. You're listening to Three Marketers Walk Into a Podcast, brought to you by the fine folks at Response Suite. It's about to get technical. Sit down. Sit down. <laughs> Take a deep breath. And put your concentration levels to the max because our guest today, Philly, used to work at good old Google and he has some technical stuff to share with us about search engine optimization, which is going to blow your mind. In a good way, of course. In hey, a good way. This is Rob and Kennedy Hello. from Response Suite back again for Three Marketers Walk Into a Podcast. And like Kennedy said, today we're talking about SEO. Again, it's something I've always sort of buried my head in the sand and run away from mm-hmm. at the same time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I have how to do you, say- How do you run away from something with your head in the proverbial sand? You have to have a very long neck. Very long neck, or, or is the sand bucket on the back of like a, a what's that thing, a wheelbarrow? Possibly. So you've got like a you need an, an assistant then. You need, you? Yeah. Well, no, you could, I think you could hold on to the wheelbarrow handles and you fill the wheelbarrow full of sand, put your head into it, and you could just run. I mean, you'd walk into things. If I was that flexible, I don't think I'd ever leave the house. Anyway, moving on. Uh, we're very excited to chat to Philly today because we are going to be talking about SEO. Now, I don't want to go. I don't want to spoil it too much and tell you all the stuff he's going to go into. But it's on the more technical end. I mean, because you don't understand it, Robert, isn't it? Well, a little bit. I've listened to the episode twice. I'm getting there. <laughs> so, uh, without further ado, uh, we will. Oh, first of all, you probably want to go into your very important quote of the week. Yes, because as they say, a true artist flies with bated breath upon the strike of the midnight bells. There you go. He does just that. And that just that, that lets you know how you should go about life. Just on a daily basis, mm. doesn't it? Anyway, make life happier. Make life happier. By the way, make your life happier. Make your email marketing happier and better. That was a shoehorn one for you this week, ladies and gentlemen. You are welcome. Join us on the Email Marketing Show, another fabulous podca- podcast featuring Rob and I talking about email marketing. And every other week, we interview another fabulous guest about some element of email marketing too. You can go and subscribe completely for free on your usual podcast players, wherever you happen to be listening to this. And if you want to see the behind the scenes video footage of Rob and I prattling about in the background, then you can go and check it out on YouTube too. Mm, Now, for now, let's talk to Philly. Hey, Philly, welcome to Three Marketers Walk Into a Podcast. How's it going? Thank you. Yeah, it's going good. Good, good to see you, man. Thanks for coming to hang out. We're going to talk about search engines. We're going to be talking about, obviously, Yay. mostly alluding to the big G. I'm talking about big Google. What well, Before we get into these technicalities about the ways we can be punished for doing bad things on the old, on the old internet, I want to just open up the discussion with something a little bit edgy, and that is over the, over the past few months and years, we've been seeing Google encroaching on the the organic search results on the search results page with more and more paid ads and even answering the questions right in the search results, which means they're getting less click-throughs away from the search engine and keeping more people on site. I mean, what does that really mean for us in terms of, is SEO even a thing we should be thinking about anymore? Yes, absolutely. I do think we do need to uh, still care about SEO. Uh, so there's a couple of things. You're right. Uh, Google has been taking uh, more SERP real estate on certain queries, um, either by answering themselves or uh, with ads. But you also have to keep in mind, it's not that many queries. Like the more, It's more the, commercial, uh, the, the short-tail commercial queries 
uh, that you see this happen more and more on. Um, obviously, Google is a sales engine in addition to a search engine, and the sales part needs to be satisfied too. Um, it is a business in the end. Uh, but on the other hand, long tail queries, uh, which is the majority of the queries being entered on a day-to-day -day basis, they then tend to not have any ads whatsoever. So it is a small subset, and as marketeers focused on those commercial short tail queries, we may see them a lot, but it doesn't mean that users see them a lot. Mm. You know, we're, we're also a bit biased from the position how we're looking at things. Now, um, that having said, the answering uh, in the search engine itself also, it's also an aspect uh, you mentioned that it's also worth elaborating a little bit on and going a little bit deeper on. Google has also been trying to answer uh, users' queries uh, from the beginning. And yeah. you're familiar with the I'm feeling lucky button, right? Yes, but I've never clicked it because I've never been feeling that lucky. Fair enough, fair enough. But the founders at Google have always been passionate about having that option in there. And wow. one of the reasons why was that that button would lead you to the first search result and skip the search pages altogether. Whereas uh, now they're trying to do the opposite. Though. They're trying to keep you on the search result page on their real estate, aren't they? Yes and no. Uh, they, do are, they do try to make sure uh, that they answer the question. And they want to give the question as quick as possible. And as webmasters, we're also not always that good at actually answering the question, even though we have the content, even though we're trying, we are putting the answer somewhere at the bottom of the page or somewhere halfway the page. So people have to scroll when they land on our page and search for the answer. And with uh, uh, putting this with like feature snippets and stuff like that, putting it in the search results uh, for informa uh, informational queries, users can quicker get to the data they're looking for. Mm. Now, most of the time, the branding goes still with it, like where they found it and uh, how they found it. Yeah. Um, and in that case, you can still build further on that. Mm. So when the user gets out of the informational stage, like most of the time, the informational stage is not where the conversion is happening anyway. Right. Okay. Now that makes sense. Okay. So I'm pleased to kind of get an overview of that. One of the big discussion points with all search engine optimization stuff is, oh, well, you know, when they do another change to the algorithm, then it's all going to die and everything will be broken. Let's talk about this algorithm thing because everybody's terrified and they're always running away from the algorithm. They're always constantly, you know, trying to beat it and all the rest of it. How much change is there actually, you know, to us realistically when they push a new change to say Google's algorithm? Because we've all heard of these horror stories of people like losing their websites overnight because of the algorithm changed. Like, is that a real legitimate fear? It can be. It really depends on uh, your website. So here's the thing. If you crash overnight because of an algorithmic change, yeah. then uh, likelihood you were already on the, on the border anyway. On the, on, right. on the edge. So this is really interesting because yeah. that means that if we start to dig into what that looks like and the changes we have to make, sure. then... then they need to be bigger. They need to be bigger than just little changes to try to get back on the edge. Right. You're walking the edge at this point. Right. And, uh, okay, so let's take a step back for a second because when we're talking about algorithms, uh, we're talking about input and output. Now, when you are talking about uh, input, we're talking about our websites that is on and off page. Mm -hmm. We're talking about uh, the algorithms being the black box that where our input goes in. And then what comes out is the, uh, is the search engine rankings. Mm -hmm. And that's the output. 
And in this scenario, the black box does change. We have no real view on what's happening within the black box. I can tell you on a, in a general level, most of the stuff that's, uh, that the algorithms are based on uh, is basically trends-based signals. Like it's never an individual page that crashes your website. It's like the overall trend, like uh, on on-page or off-page, uh, bad linking signals. It's not just one link, it's a bunch of links. Yeah, and, okay. it, and it relates to everything else of the other links within your total link profile. And there's a trend to be detected. The same goes with on-page. Uh, and that can be, for example, content, sorry, content quality. So if your content quality is very poor or as a trend overall, so just ballparking it, just hypothetical, say 80% of your website has poor content, and that's what Google's trying to serve as search results, yeah, you're going to be on the edge. Yeah, yeah, you're at risk, aren't you? And is there something in, in this to do with putting all of your eggs into the one basket? So if you put all of your eggs into the search engine, into X search engine strategy, and um, and that's and that that thing gets hit, then of course, then you are leaving yourself vulnerable. But like in any part, any sort of piece of business, any any business at all, you need to have a sort of wider profile. You need to have good quality links and good quality content and freshness and and black, and all these different things. Is that a better strategy or are you better to sort of, because we all hear as well that you're supposed to do this sort of 90-10 thing where you just focus on one thing 90% of the time and do a really good job of that. Like, how do we do that but without exposing ourselves to that level of risk if, if Google wants to make a change? All right, so it's a very good question. So the 90-10 uh, focus should be on your business product. Should okay. be on your marketing efforts. Your marketing efforts should be across the board. Like, sure, you do want to focus on a couple of channels that are most likely to bring in visitors and that convert. Yeah. But you should never just rely on search engine rankings only. You should also be active with branding, being visible in the community that your product is interesting to. Um, you need to have a unique sales proposition. What makes your product or website different than that of the competitor? Why should they come to you? Because if you can't answer that, why should Google rank you? Yeah, totally, totally. Okay, so we don't want to just rely on search engine, but within search engine itself, within SEO, sorry, should we, should, again, we have to have a broad profile, would you say? Or would you say we do need to say it's pretty narrow on having one strategy within the SEO world? Well, when you focus on, um, on SEO only and look at what you can do there, um, you do need to provide the best user experience, obviously. You need to have a unique sales proposition and you need to manage user expectations. And this last part is something that a lot don't do. Uh, actually, even the, user, uh, the unique sales proposition tends to be a problem. Every single page needs to have a unique sales proposition. Every single indexable page. So how do we do that? So for example, here at Response Suite, we know what our unique sales proposition is. Sure. We help people use surveys in order to generate more sales and power mm -hmm. So how do how does somebody take their USP because they know what that is and now take that and put it onto every? Is it literally just stated at the top, or is there sort of a technical method of you know embedding it in the page somewhere? So think of take a step back. Like it's good that you have on a business level a USP. Now you're going to have a number of pages on your website, indexable mm. pages. Yeah. So why do you have multiple pages, not just one? What is the reason why you have the other pages? Right. So that's in general, that's because we want to speak to different people who want to sort of understand a bit more detail about a particular element. So let's say... So in, this, in this case, you go, you, you split it down by audience. So you have targeted pages based on audience. Yeah. Perfect. Good example. Yeah. 
good example. Okay, cool. So now you need to go per page, elaborate what your unique sales proposition is for that audience. That's interesting. No. Yeah, that's really so now you have say hypothetically focus on 10 audiences you have 10 different pages which each each unique uh, uh, sales proposition which may not be the same mm. some okay. of them will be overlapping but based on details and keywords added and how you're addressing each audience in itself the pages should be unique and of course that could then be transitioned and copied into features so we've got 10 sure. different features and therefore each of those comes with its own little usp let's talk about each of those each of those things yeah. really interesting okay we've we've accidentally sidetracked on to talk about on <laughs> stuff now but i want to drag us back to what we what we said yeah. we were about today, which was really to do with the algorithmic stuff and talking about the off-page stuff and, and linking. So one of the things that you and I were talking about just earlier was that a lot of people, especially in like the US, the UK, Canada, Australia, where a lot of our audience are, is we tend to spend a lot of money, invest a lot of time and effort and thought into link building. Mm-hmm. And often this can be the wrong type of link, link building. What the heck did you mean about that? Actually, most of the time, it is the wrong type of link building. So uh, let me ask you back. Do you think Google is in favor of link building? I think it probably is um, to some level. Yes, for sure. And do you know why? Because that's about, uh, it's basically social proof of like other people going, hey, this, this guy's good. Yes and no. It used to be like that with PageRank. Oh, okay. Yeah. So in, well, in, in the past... It's not as big as a factor. It's still a factor, but it's one of too many to basically focus on. Oh, okay. Um, so here's the key thing. With uh, external linking, Google loves inter- uh, external links and okay. internal, but let's focus on the external part. Sure. Google loves links. And because of this, they also love link building. But they love it because of discovery. They like to discover new content. Right. Yeah. Now, they also use it in part, using PageRank and other algorithms to value like, okay, how important is this piece? But they care way more about the actual content than the actual link to the content. The That's link is mo- mostly a discovery method. That's interesting. So they're literally using it as a way of their spiders calling around going, oh, there's a link and find a new stuff rather than as a sort of page rank factor. That's interesting. So Yeah, well, they used to do it in the past with page rank as the primary reason. But nowadays, it's really more about uh, the actual content and discovery of that content. And sure, links can still help better understand why that content uh, was linked in the first place. Yeah, uh, so... Uh, most definitely, and why it may be important and of interest, and as such, in part, comes the page rank part back again. But again, it's not the major factor. Google is not against link building at all. And it's also important to keep in mind that, uh, from a high level point of view, uh, the web, the world wide web, it's about the web. The, the right. invention of the world wide web was the link, the hyperlink that it's made like, the world wide web. Isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So linking. Uh, is a crucial pillar of what we call the World Wide Web. We had documents, we had, uh, be it like text documents, we had media, like images, videos, and whatever. And then uh, Tim Berners-Lee came with, let's connect those notes with a link, navigate from one to the other. And this is where the World Wide Web came into existence. So uh, to say linking is not important, linking is uber important because that is the foundation of what we know as the World Wide Web. Now, knowing that, uh, Google is perfectly fine with link building. They're just against link building 
for PageRank purposes. Right. So for manipulating off page track and uh, so unnatural linking, linking for the sake of uh, manipulating search engine ranking. That's what they're against. Whereas Not against link building, but against the manipulation part. So interesting because I suppose if they're going back to the true roots of what the internet's about, which think about that, we just, Rob and I just looked at each other across the, across the desk here and we're like, oh gosh, this makes sense. Like this is crazy good because if they're really going back to the true meaning, the true reason for the linking and the true reason and the meaning behind the World Wide Web web, the internet, is it's actually about your links should be coming in to bring visitors around the web, to bring humans around the web, not just to please the spiders and the algorithm. That's really, really interesting. So if you're, if you're, you've got a really good article about cheese and then you've got a link from a pizza website saying, this is the best cheese I've ever used on my pizza, and then they link to you, then that's going to obviously bring people from the pizza website to your website, which satisfies the whole foundational why and purpose of the web. So that's going to be a really good link, right? Is that right? Yeah, yeah absolutely. And this is why, uh, when coming back to the earlier uh, question of why, what do I mean with so many people do linking wrong, mm-hmm. they're focusing very much on like uh, linking via press releases with Anchorage uh, uh, links, or they're focusing on blogging, blogging like mummy blogs or other bloggers that are just mm-hmm. posting about a zillion different topics on their blog. Uh, they're all paid for, you know, like, uh, or getting those links uh, from all those uh, link building spam emails that you get in the inbox. Uh, I'm assuming you guys also get them from yeah. like, yeah, yeah we, we we can sell you a quality link on Forbes or on the enterprise. Uh, what, no, uh, entrepreneur. Enterprise, entrepreneur. Yes, that's right. That one. And then a few other ones like that, you know, like we can get you some quality links. Those links don't mean anything. Google already knows these platforms. They know they're being heavily abused. They've discounted that. Don't spend any money on that. Uh, any money you spend on press releases as a link building activity is basically a waste of effort. So linking should just be for two reasons. And we, we really, this is how, how you save your money for link, uh, with link building. You should be link building for increasing your brand visibility. So uh, putting your brand out there in uh, relevant places where your target audience is. And the other one is to actually catch your target audience at these other places and bring them back to your website for conversion. So convertible traffic. And if you use that simple rule, then you're able to weed out anything that might be considered a bad link, something that's only really there for sort of purposes of playing the algorithm. As opposed and, to- and in no doubt, you do want to use uh, like well no follow type of scenarios. So either block a, a t- like if you're using, for example, affiliate links, which is a perfect way of driving convertible traffic to your website, but mm-hmm. it's not a great way for uh, uh, the Google Webmaster Guidelines uh, to build your linking. Yeah? So you want to make sure that you use an isolatable pattern. So, for example, URL parameter or something like that, or you, you, you point to a subdirectory that then redirects to another place in your website, and you block that pattern in your robots.txt, thereby blocking any link to from passing, and Google will not count this for uh, external linking, so in violation of any policy they might have. Wow. At the same time, you can still get the convertible traffic to your website. Okay, so that you think there's a place for doing, but I mean, that got pretty technical there. I'm going to be honest, I got a little bit... Sorry. That's <laughs> fine, it's fine. But I think, you know, basically distill that down for us non-technical folk, you're going to have sort of two sort of strategies. You want to have some of your links want to be out there so that they are sort of passable and acceptable to Google. And you've got to have the other ones which are just there for humans and Google sort of likes the, that fact, right? 
Yeah. So the one thing is that if you build links, uh, a lot of uh, link builders will tell you, yeah, we need to make sure that they follow links and stuff like that. Uh, if a link, like as, as, a, as a business, we should not care if a link is follow or no follow. Uh, if we want to avoid the risk of being penalized by search engines, be it Google or Bing or other search engines, we should not follow it yeah, using one of the attributes available, but um, one of the techniques available. But the key thing is we're not building links for link juice. We're building link for exposure and convertible traffic. Okay, that's really, really interesting. So rather yeah. than trying to get a lovely, fat, juicy link from Forbes, we're probably better to go to a much smaller website, which is about email marketing and conversion and segmentation and get a link from them where they're recommending a survey platform that is good for marketing, for example. Yes, absolutely. And uh, you can even, like, the, the, just to give you a completely different scenario in a completely sure. different niche, um, like if you are in the gambling, like say iGambling or something like that, um, one thing that you might do is, for example, buy a menu link on local radio stations in the US. So mm -hmm. for betting, because the local radio stations are not in the betting business. Right. Yeah. But you can probably buy a link. You'll have to negotiate, obviously, but it's a possibility to say like, hey, you know what? Let's partner up. I'll give you money, you give me a link. It's gonna be a no-follow link because again, we don't care about uh, the actual link juice. What we care about is getting exposure to their audience. And especially uh, if this is like a sports-related uh, part of their website, mm -hmm. we can suddenly tie in sports-related uh, audience to our betting solution. So you're basically saying there is often, or sometimes at least, more value in putting a no-follow link rather than putting way more, way more value because here's the thing if i get like intuitive right yeah well that's because people focus on the link juice if you forget the link juice it's actually uh, the opposite um because here's the thing if i built uh if i buy a link and i buy that for example on cnn mm -hmm. or on uh, one of the other big uh news uh, stands, sure, sure. news stands whatever uh newspapers um and I'm basically buying a link and, and say it's a follow link, just for the sake of argument. So say that I'm able to buy it. Uh, I get past the uh, editorial team and they don't filter it out and they say, okay, sure, we'll, we'll link to this. Um, how much of conversions is that going to drive to my website? Like it's going to be in, in the general news part. So chances that it's going to be read by someone who's actually going to be converting on my website is yeah, not really slow. And even if it is, we're probably talking in the single digit percentages. Yeah. That having said, if I go very targeted and I know where my audience is and I'm buying a link there and it's a no follow link, I'm fine with that. But I get suddenly like up to 20% of conversions that comes through that. Mm -hmm. What do you think is more valuable? Now, the other thing as well, like with um, link building for link juice purposes, one of the things there is that when we build it, we still have to hope that Google picks up on that, that they haven't discounted it, that we somehow race in our rankings. And that's why we bought the link, so we can race in our rankings. Why do we want to go up in rankings? Yeah, the, the answer to that most of the time is so we have more exposure so we can get more conversions. How about we get the conversions straight away? Cut out the middleman in a way. And so basically target the audience convert them directly to our website while we do that and even if it's slow numbers 
you are running a business and you get money straight away. You don't have to wait and hope for Google to pick up on the change if that even ever happens. Mm-hmm. You are already getting conversions because of that link. Right. I right. love it. Very, very cool. This is make, make, making so much sense. It to makes me loads of stuff. sense, but it's completely opposite of anything I've ever thought about when it comes to <laughs> SEO. So I'm so pleased you're here to get, to get the, set the record straight here, Philly. Now we're going to come this in just... Yeah, sorry. Just a quick thing there still, though. Uh, it's If you don't do it this way, if you do spend a lot of money on uh, buying links and these links, don't forget, they are very easy for Google to detect. Uh, right. I worked with within the Google search quality team. I've you know, I've, I've penalized tons of websites based on internal linking. And I can tell you, it's so easy to, te- uh, to detect unnatural linking. And as a result, you're just at risk of being penalized using this uh, approach of uh, focusing on the link juice instead of the conversions. Right. The big moral of this story, Google knows things. Knows. <laughs> they do. They do. So we're going to go ahead and interrupt proceedings here, Philly, to play our favorite yeah. game. Now, here's how it works. It's very simple. My colleague Kennedy here. Hello. That's him. He's going to sing a song for you now, but he's going to sing a song in the style of a traditional British pub singer. And that means that the words will be somewhat difficult to understand. And your job, Philly, and of course, dear listeners at home, is simply to guess what song Kennedy is singing. So without further ado, I've just put the lyrics on the screen. I picked the song earlier. I've just put the lyrics on the screen. You know this song? I, I do know it. I'm just trying to think how the how the how the, the tune goes. And the tune usually matters or stops me. But <laughs> I'm trying to remember how it. So, okay, fine. Off you go. There we go. What song? Absolutely no idea. Come on. Really? Come on. <laughs> that was one of the worst songs I think I've ever done. It was. That was pretty horrendous. shocking. That was We Are Family by Sister Sledge. Nope. I picked it. <laughs> did not hear that. <laughs> Absolutely no idea. <laughs> so to wrap this up then, what would you say? Because this has been so uh, interesting for me, I think, to understand how all this works uh, from your perspective. This is really, really cool. So what are the sort of top two or three things that somebody should do right now? I think they've got their website out there. We've got our website. We're going to go in and we're going to sort of make sure that there's you know two or three things that we're doing right uh, that we're going to go through and check. So what are the top two or three actionable things? We just go through our website or go through our system, go through our setup and make sure that we're looking for. Yeah, so you most definitely audit your website on both off-page and on-page. Because like I mentioned earlier, it's all about trend-based. And we have a big impact on what we send into those algorithms. And although we have no influence over the algorithms itself, we do have influence over what we're sending into those algorithms. Right. And and if if you're balancing anywhere near the edge that you are impacted by algorithms, then most of the time... um, you do need to do regular audits. Mm. And, and, and I, I'm fine if you do it yourself or if you uh, hire any third party uh, for that. Again, third parties can't hurt because they normally are a little bit detached from your business, so a little bit less biased and can see things that you might not see. Sure. But by all means, go do it yourself as well because there's a lot of tools out there that can help you. Uh, this industry, the one thing we don't have lack of is tools. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Come on, tell uh, us what your favorite tools for doing this kind of work is. Because I've, I've played with so many of them. Like, you're an expert, you know your stuff, and you've been behind the scenes at Google. Which ones, yeah. which ones are you like? No, just use this one. I, I like a lot of them. I, I really, I, I have a lot of tools myself. And I program my own tools as well. Oh, wow. Okay. Can you so give I did that at Google as well, so... 
uh, I really enjoy playing around with code and coding molecules. <laughs> That's cool. All right. Have you got a recommendation that we could get out of you? For, uh, for, for sort of checking out your backlinks and the quality of those things and any, any kind of danger you might be in, what would be good for that? Yeah, so if you want to check out your backlinks, if you are at any risk, then uh, look at what type of backlinks they are, like what type of platforms or what type of websites they are. Look not just at the page that you're being linked from, uh-huh. look also at the pages surrounding that page uh-huh. to see if that's a high quality website or a low quality website. Okay. Um, like if, for example, bloggers, uh, uh, like those blogging links that you can buy, often like your business might be selling, I'm just coming up with a hypothetical, uh, say uh, you might be selling business cards or something like that as a business. Um, And so you buy a link from a blogger and then you look at his blog and you'll find their uh, products that uh, are completely unrelated to business cards. Yeah, so the previous poster you were selling wedding dresses, the one before that was selling holidays to, you know, to wherever. Exactly. And then you know straight away already, this is a low quality website. You do not need to do anything from this. Uh, Instead, I would highly recommend that you look at uh, where is your current traffic uh, coming from of convertible uh, customers. Um, Like, are you being discussed in forums? And if so, why are you not in those forums discussing it with them? And this is uh, all information we can just find by looking into the analytics console itself. Yeah, absolutely. And not only that, one, one thing that, um, like, if you're an industry leader, which I'm hoping you are. Uh, oh, we business, are. Yes. Yeah, well, uh, every business should be focused on connecting with their audience, figuring out where their audience is often uh, within, uh, on the internet. And it doesn't need to be in the same business as you're in. Like, for example, I've seen... Uh, loan companies, financial loan companies, mm-hmm. uh, buying links on uh, newspapers because the target audience of the newspaper coincided with their target audience. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, but they buy the, uh, bought uh, visibility, no follow, but they bought visibility to make sure that their t- that their audience that was there also knew about them. Right. Right. Yeah? So it's, it's that relevance thing still, isn't it? Yeah, a little bit. But the relevance isn't between the newspaper and the loan company. The relevance is that they have the same audience. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, so you go where your audience is. Now, and then on top of that, if you want to test it out, if it's worth trying to see, check if they have, for example, AdSense. If they do have AdSense, you can often set up a dedicated campaign for just that website, targeting that website, saying, I want to add on, advertise on that website, mm. and try a couple of different ads out and see if any of those users convert. That's interesting. That's a really good way of testing, isn't it? That's yeah, good. just for testing purposes. Is this worth building, like spending more money on? Um, any, any link that you built, that you spent money on, that uh, isn't co- driving convertible traffic to your website or increasing your brand visibility, it's either one of the two, it's thrown away money. It literally is. You might as well just throw it in the trash bin. Ah, so, so cool. Now, Philly, we're now going to go ahead and jump into what we lovingly refer to as the quick fire round. Hey, you don't want to miss out on more of these fabulous nuggets, do you? Make sure you subscribe to the Three Marketers Podcast now on your podcast player. Can you give us a book that you'd recommend? Yes. Um, so I'm a bit of a sci-fi nerd uh, freak in that one. Uh, so uh, if you haven't read it yet, and I highly recommend that you do, uh, read June. I know it's a classic, but what? so many people haven't read it. June. June, like D-U-N-E. Yeah. Mm. I've, I've, never, I've never even heard of it, never mind read it or put it, it in Okay, so it's the number one sci-fi uh, uh, book for the last 30 years or something like that. Really? Yeah. There you go. I'm, I'm the guy who's never seen Star Wars, so I'm probably not, not the demographic. 
put it on your list for your next birthday. That's what you need to do. It's absolutely <laughs> worth reading. I'm like, I'm like, it's not SEO, but this is the one I really like. Cool. Okay. What's one of your top success habits then? Something that you do regularly? Uh, I try to reserve time for coding. Uh, so on a weekly basis, I always try to do a half a day to a day of just dedicated coding, turn off all emails and other things and just spend coding. Awesome. Okay. Wow. Okay. So regular dedication to that. Which entrepreneur or marketer do you look up to, Philly? So entrepreneur wise, I'm going to go a little bit higher level up in uh, creator. Yeah. Uh, um, and then I'm looking at, um, oh, now I forgot his name. Um, FinServe. Who? Finn Surf. Okay. He invented, uh, he's one of the fathers of the internet in, in general. Ah, uh, okay. Very wow. Cool. And he worked also for Google as an evangelist, and I met him a few times, and he's really cool. Wow. Uh, other entrepreneur wise, uh, I always, like I, when I worked for Google, uh, I worked for Google, uh, Eric Smith was still in charge. Oh, wow. Period. Yeah. And I really liked his business approach. Like he was the one who really pushed 2080 uh, forward and stuff like that. And, you know, a lot of the inventions that, uh, that we nowadays take for granted, like Gmail and Calendar and all and Google News and all these things were developed under his watch. And he really embraced innovation. And I really like that of him as well. Awesome. What are some of your favorite apps that you really rely on and you think other people should know about? I'm actually going to um, turn that back a little bit. If that's okay, um, I'll in a second. <laughs> yeah, I'm actually going to rephrase that. What is something that you should be looking at all the time and you should know about? Okay, and uh, that is actually not an app, but it's data, and that's your log files, your server log files, from an SEO perspective. Okay, what are we looking for there? I'm looking at like, how's Googlebot crawling my website? Which URLs has Googlebot discovered? Are they running into any errors? Uh, what is the overall response time? Um, you know, all of these types of things. How many pages do they crawl per day? How many of those are unique pages? Stuff That's, like that. Okay. And do you know what it is? Of all the questions in this quickfire round since we started doing this <laughs> over a year ago, no one's ever evaded that question. They've always evaded the next one. And that is, who do you like more, Redhead Rob or Platinum Kennedy? So I had the, I had the advantage a moment ago that you enabled video so I could see. So I go with Redhead. Yeah. <laughs> I knew you you think smart. seeing his face was an I advantage? Knew you were smart. <laughs> Finally. Well, here, here's the thing. You, uh, the, the platinum part reminds me too much of my gray hair. So I go for the red part. <laughs> we could have stuck together, though. We could have stuck <laughs> Finally. I know, I know. But, you know, wishful thinking. <laughs> so where can people go to find out more about you and everything that you're doing? So uh, searchbrothers.com uh, or philly.com. Love it. Nice Absolutely and easy. love it. Wow. Dude, that thank was great. you so much for joining us. This has been awesome. Thanks a million. Thanks for having me. It was a pleasure. Oh, <laughs> how are you feeling? Oh, stand up. Are you okay? <laughs> <laughs> what a great episode. Tons of stuff in there that we can take and instantly drop into that, our marketing. That certainly was not the usual overview of what SEO is, right. was it? You need keywords and, yeah. <laughs> and knee words and B words. <laughs> <laughs> what a great, great episode. So thank you for Philly for joining us. We actually met Philly a few months ago we as did. well. Do you know, my favorite thing I learned from that one was about having different types of backlinks, the do follow and don't ah, follow right. ones. Like I would never, 
never have thought there was value in no follow back links. I would have been like, they're the ones you're basically saying, don't think of these ones. That's really, really It certainly really puts some of the myths to bed, doesn't it? About Definitely stuff that does. doesn't work and doesn't give you any benefit whatsoever, but everybody's mad about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And like you were saying, we did meet Philly a few a few weeks ago. And well, actually, was it a few, a few months, months ago, ago now? now? Yeah, back God. at Marketed Live in Nottingham. Was it? Where we were speaking. Hello to anyone that was there. Hello, by the way. Thank you for subscribing. We really like that about you. If you want to find the show notes about everything that Philly was talking about, Robert, where are we going to go? It's all at blog.responsesuite.com forward slash zero nine two. You'd be a darling if you went over there and had a little look. And of course, make you should check out the email marketing show, another podcast show, a bit, little, little bit like this one, but much more about email marketing on your favorite podcast. It's got a catchy theme tune as well. Oh yes, we, uh, we wrote the theme tune, but luckily we don't sing the theme tune. We'll see you over there. And we'll see you here next week. Bye. Don't miss a thing. Check out the show notes at blog.responsesuite.com.